Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kantz on the third. We are continuing our Disney Plus coverage. Moon Knight, the finale has aired, Gods and Monsters. And boy, oh boy, I'm excited to talk about it. Let's introduce the panel first. The super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you, my friend? I'm excited to talk about this finale. I'm excited about all the stuff going on in the MCU, uh, and I'm excited to get into it. It is a very, very busy couple weeks for us. I can't wait to talk about it, but also, Jerome Chang is here. Black Dragon Rolls in the house. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I miss you guys last week. Uh, you had a great pod with uh, Anthony Mays, and uh, a fun episode that you covered there, but uh, happy to be back and happy to be talking the finale. Awesome, awesome, and and shout out to Maze for last week, and since you brought that up, Jerome, let's just revisit quickly, since you weren't on with us last week, your thoughts on episode five, because obviously episode five was pretty big, like a lot of stuff happened, it mm -hmm. was a very revealing episode in a lot of ways, what were your thoughts on it before the finale? Yeah, no, no, it was, uh, it definitely was the one that opened everything up, and I really liked how, uh, you three broke it down last episode. Um, it was a good watch. I, I watched it in the airport uh, on like three hours of sleep before my flight out. And even then it woke me up. So um, <laughs> it was, no, it was a really good, a really good opportunity. Like this is why you get an Oscar Isaac for something like this, like episodes like that, I would say. And um it really set up for uh the finale so uh let's just get into it yeah we should and i think as i did a lot of scrolling today after watching the episode to kind of get a gauge of what the reaction was there was a mix of rushed there was a mix of very good and there was a mix of left me wanting more I feel like I fall under the class of left me wanting more. And I think initially after sitting with it for a little bit, I feel like, hey, I wanted more because I really liked this show and I really liked what they were attempting to do. And it kind of felt like 43 minutes doesn't feel like enough to, to, to get away from these characters and to say goodbye. But I enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, Jake, how did you feel about the finale? I thought that it was complete in a way that a lot of the other MCO shows haven't been like, I, I, I don't think that there were any questions that they set up that they needed to answer by the end of it, that we didn't have at least an answer or like a to be continued. Um, Cause I think obviously a lot of the problems people had with things like WandaVision or even Falcon and Winter Soldier is that there were threads that simply weren't addressed in the finale. Um, and so even if, I don't think that they did perfect execution on how they resolved all the threads. I think that the fact that they did is really um, I, I, something that can't be underrated. And I also think overall, like, I think a lot of people, when they talk about finales, especially of like a limited series like this where it's only six episodes, mm -hmm. it almost seems like they need the finale to be the best episode. And if it's not, then that's like a problem. When people are like, oh, I liked episode five a lot more than the finale. It's like... I like a lot of my favorite episode of a lot of TV shows isn't the last one. Right. Um, and so like taken as an ending of this six part whole, I really enjoyed it as a specific piece. It, it wasn't my favorite episode, um, but it had a lot of stuff I really liked in it. And so I feel good about it. It didn't change. We talked last week that I think for you and I, Moon Knight was at a tentative third place yeah. lady and it didn't move it out of that. It wasn't good enough to bump it up. It, I mean, that would have been hard, and it wasn't yeah. bad enough to bump it down. So I felt I felt satisfied. I, I would agree with you there. Jerome, how about you? How did you receive the finale? What are your, what are your general thoughts? Um, I, I think a lot of finales, at least when we talk about these, kind of get graded in the context of Marvel finales, and it's a pretty classic Marvel finale, I would say. It throws in, you know, the action that I think people were clamoring for. It has like the big thing that they need to overcome which uh, i'll be honest like in the context of the series feels a little ham-fisted in um but ultimately yeah like to what you were saying last week as a group and what jake was just saying right now i think this is a solid ending to an origin story and that's what moon knight kind of sets out to be i think so often um to Jake's point, we 
we kind of have an expectation of having like a closure to come with this. But these are chapters, right? Like these aren't final stories as much as we would love to feel like completely satisfied by everything that's going on. Like that's not, in my opinion, what Marvel ever sets out to do with the Disney Plus series. They want to set up enough to move on to other things. And they did that. And I think, you know, uh, because Moon Knight got to operate as such an independent entity from like the larger MCU, it has it's one of the cleaner finales that we've come across because it doesn't need to answer more than like the basic conceit of, you know, yes, we're going to we'll talk about it. And we have like the Jake Lockley thing finally like it come to full fruition. But this story was about Mark and Steven and them resolving what they had to and they got there and i think that was satisfying in itself um and then beyond and like and it takes care of the villain uh cleanly enough you know like the point of this is to have the protagonist understand who they are along with like you know everything with moon knight itself they achieved it uh clean good nothing I would say that like blew my mind about the finale, but nothing that makes me feeling uh, dissatisfied. I'm glad you mentioned the stuff with Mark and Steven, because I think one of my contentions of the show since basically since it started, it was clear that what they set out to do was make this a character driven story and not a plot driven story, which is why the plot to me is basic. And I don't say basic in the sense that it sucks. It's just like it's, it's pretty standard, I would say. And I think they, as from a satisfaction perspective, I think as far as Steven and Mark are concerned, I thought those things were worked out well. I, I liked what I saw. The Layla moment, I think, is fun, not only for people who generally like Layla, but I think from a representation standpoint, too, I think that stood out. I think a lot of people were happy with that aspect, too. So I, those main three, for me, uh, I think... It made it made the show work generally because their stories felt uh, complete, as as was mentioned uh, by Jake earlier. The Harrow part, I feel like it, I like I like I just liked Ethan Hawke in this role and what he was doing. So I would have lo- loved to get a little bit more, but I can't really quibble too much with how they set this up once you get to the Amit portion of the proceedings. So. Well, let me ask you about that, AC, that that, yes. that part there. Like, I, I think we all agree we love Ethan Hawke, and the more Ethan Hawke, like, the better. But um, what more could he have served at this point? Oh, is, I guess my question. No, you know, that's the, fun, that's, that's, the, that's the funny part about it. I'm not necessarily saying that he necessarily needed to, because I think, again, speaking to our conversation last week, Jake mentioned as far as what episode five was, is that like once you get to that point, you kind of need to resolve everything. So that part I understood. I almost wonder if it's just for me a thing of I wanted more episodes in this series just because I enjoyed what I was watching. With, yeah, just with I think that's play. fair. Yeah, that's I where think I that am that's completely it. understandable. And I think it's a, a, I think a thing no one wants to admit about television. And it's one of my, it, this is a popular take among people over the age of 40, but I think this is one of my most iconoclastic takes for people (laughs) younger, is that I think that most TV shows are better if they have at least, like, 10 episodes per season. And I think this whole, like, going to the British model of, like, six episodes every three years, it, like... I think what people like about TV is being able to spend time with characters, and I kind of don't like that Marvel is not taking advantage of that. That, like... I almost obviously they can't do it with a show like Moon Knight where they have as big of a cast of character. I mean, as big of a stature of actors. But I almost wish that they had shows that were like twelve episode seasons that weren't necessarily just one gigantic plot and that were actually kind of were in the form of TV. Because I think that that's what a lot of people are feeling when it's like, oh, it's only six episodes. Even if they resolve the plot, like I don't feel good that I only had the six hours with these characters. This doesn't feel like enough. And I feel like almost you could do more. You could just having more of it is a thing that is not necessarily like TV is not 
doesn't need to be on like, as strict a schedule as a movie does. Like, you could stretch this story into nine episodes easily. It, it wouldn't actually yeah. be that hard. And I think that by by basically casting these shows as if they were movies, it kind of makes it impossible to do that because, and also right. by producing them as such, because mm-hmm. this is a six episode show and it took like a movie's length of time to make. Um, but I do agree with you that I, I would just, I just want to, I want to dig in more with the stuff with Harrow and the mm. stuff with all the other characters and how it's going to play out. But nothing that happened in the show, I would want to cut out for that. So right. the solution would just have to be to have more episodes. I, I would say just like to extend that thought, and I, I feel like that it's Marvel, that it's uh, Disney. Like, make it as many episodes as it needs to be. If it is a five-episode story, make it a five-episode story. If it's a seven, make it seven. Like, I don't know enough about how all these deals work to uh, make sense of it. But I just feel like make it whatever amount of episodes it needs to be. People are going to watch it. Um, right. And, like, don't, don't like, make it like, oh, this – if it's six, we have to fit it in six or right. otherwise. Yeah. So I think like as a, as a quick digression, obviously a WandaVision was nine episodes and, and I think She-Hulk right. is supposed to be in the double digits. And I know those episodes, I think, okay. as it our, should be. I think those are run from a runtime standpoint are going to be, some of them are going to be shorter due to the structure that they're going to try to abide by there, which I'm looking forward to seeing. But yeah. I think you guys both kind of put it very well there because I think at the end of the day with this stuff, we, we talk about the Netflix stuff from before with the Marvel series there, and they had the issue of being too long where you would be in a place where you kind of be stuck for like an episode doing random exposition for a little bit. In this case, yeah, it, it just kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I just really like these characters and I'm looking forward to seeing if there's a season two of this or however they decide to uh, bring out Oscar Isaac slash uh, Moon Knight again. But to get one in- other note to yeah, add to sure. that, AC, just before, because like we got to get into the episode on itself. But like mm-hmm. Maze does raise a pretty good point, especially after seeing the finale of maybe that fourth episode now feels a little more fillery in terms of like we could have probably like cut down some of that in order to fit some of the things if we if we're committed to a six episode arc here like i i think ace i think maze has like a really good point especially looking at like what the result is right now because there's something about this finale that felt like checking again all the boxes to get us out clean I would, I would and i think i i almost think that you could honestly just restructure that fourth episode to have less of the stuff with um less of like the obviously the action it's hard because i want to get rid of like the action sequence um and some of that stuff because the thing i think that i was mostly missing in the finale that i felt like would have been helpful is interactions with arthur Mm. and his people because we just see that he has like a group of people and we understand that what he gives them generally is you know Mm -hmm. like a good life all this but Mm -hmm. i think that um it's also tough because the episode needed to end on the cliffhanger that it yes. was ending at. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I think that like some more understanding of him would have made I think the finale more compelling. Not not necessarily honestly not even more understanding of him, but more understanding the people around him. Yes. Because he is actually pretty easy to understand because he very yes. clearly he's the classic villain thing that people like to misunderstand that his main motivation is how he's wounded but he convinces himself it's a just thing and then people take him as face value and don't right. realize that he's actually just mad about something um and obviously he does believe in the justice thing but clearly his main motivation is he's mad at Contra and wants to do something different too that's like just really a credit to ethan hawk there where it's yeah. just like he was giving us so much with so little that we just wanted more which is yeah I, I i would want to know like what the people who are willing to fight and die for this feel like um because that's so much of what we see we see i think we see a lot of when layla's blending in with them when there's the fighting inside the pyramid um that I would want to understand that more because uh, beyond the obviously the people who live in a nice neighborhood in London, that's great. They live in a nice neighborhood, but those people I don't think are going to go sacrifice themselves in order to revive Amit. So right, you know what's a good comparison of that? The flag smashers exposition that we got in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like with the with the people. That's under really Carly. good comp. Yeah, yeah, with the people yeah. under Carly, that would have been good. But otherwise, not not too many quibbles with that. But the episode, mm-hmm. is, but the episode itself. Um, what I what I really love is Layla is tasked basically with doing a lot of the heavy lifting at the start, in mm-hmm. trying to chase after, chase after Arthur 
and then Tara Wet gets involved trying to help her out, and we eventually mm-hmm. get we finally get a look at Amit, uh, what you call it, big old croc, big old croc, uh, croc of Amit. What did you guys think of this? Of not only getting Amit, but Kanchu back in the fold, talking his talk as per usual. I'll, I'll go with you Spe- first, Jake. Speaking of talking, I think the problem with Amit for me is the, the reason why Kanchu is, I think, such a good CGI character is because they don't contend with his mouth moving. And I was mm. taken out of every single bit where Amit was speaking. It honestly, it felt completely not obviously. It feels fake because these are. It's a gigantic crocodile <laughs> god, but mm. like even with Tarwet, like the ma- like, I think just like the animation of it just did not feel real, and it didn't feel grounded or motivated by anything. Mm. And it kind of was like I was I was a little disappointed with the actual um, the the actual stylization because it was kind of just an alligator on two. So feet. You're saying the uh, the room of gods like felt a little more like the Hall of Presidents. it didn't not but yeah i think that the reveal was was cool and i think that the stuff with contra fighting her was fun but it also was like it kind of felt like i don't know it turned into a big kaiju battle that that part there um like i I didn't need it is the thing yeah it was uh i i didn't know what to make of it and i think also because and i don't like thinking of it in this context but it's marvel and i have to and i'm just like is this a thing that we're going to start seeing more often like gods fighting in like giant form or is that like a one-off that goes there because if it's a one-off it's kind of just like i I don't know if there's a deeper meaning behind it but i'm like oh it's kind of odd and then like yeah watching Ahmed, like (laughs) for some reason uh you and ac talking about it it had me thinking of like king shark from the suicide squad <laughs> and just like what a great what a great uh pairing that would be just like omit the omniscient god and king shark uh who like points out hand and god like, friends <laughs> yes exactly um i i i guess uh for all the build-up it didn't feel like it paid off um, seeing Amit when Amit came around, and even when Amit showed up, it was like it, it just really revealed in general that like these gods don't really have it together. <laughs> like no! they don't have a plan of any sort, and they're just like more powerful, flawed beings, if anything. Which I guess we got like a hint of anyway when we look at Asgard and things there. Yeah, but um. Yeah, just like the notion of avatars and even, you know, like the Khonshu and Layla uh, uh, interaction where Layla's just like, nah, I'm, I'm so good. I am so good. Shout I am not signing. She knows what time I'm not is. saying uh, signing a 10-day contract with you. Like, <laughs> this is not going to happen right now. And um, I would say, and, and like, even just the notion, <laughs> I love when Harrow is breaking in and the cons are like, Harrow appears to be releasing on it. Like, it's a surprise. <laughs> like, you were, See, you were told point blank that this was going to happen. <laughs> but I, I also feel like this is a thing that I think in the last, you know, decade, people have started reevaluating the Star Wars prequels in the same way. That I think mm. anytime you have like a very Jedi powerful, act. exactly, you have a very yeah. powerful sort of all-seeing bunch that is convinced like evil things aren't going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that I have an incredibly high tolerance for that now because what has happened in American politics over the past ten years, except people being like, these evil oh, things are going to happen, yeah, and people are like, no, no, no way. What do you mean? What do you mean they're going to storm and, the and Capitol? There, there oh, wait, they're outside. About the messenger too. Like it's it's very. <laughs> Like it's the fact that it was Conchu who was like revealing yeah. it, where yeah. it was just, um, it's it's the whistleblower and the credibility of the whistleblower that definitely like helps Amit's um, cause or Harrow's cause in that case. Yeah, but like even like the fact that like Harrow is just like, you're not it, but you seem the most into it. So yeah, let's do this. Like <laughs> let's let's let you be an avatar in that case. It was very. Uh, Oh gosh! It's I just actually like... think I actually think that moment was important though when Amit chose Harrow because I think what that reveals t- to me is the lie of it all that 
Ama wasn't oh, principled either. Oh, I yes, thought you were referring to that moment. Yeah, com- completely. Yeah. Like Good it point. does reveal that, but it just it is funny to me that is just like oh it's all bullshit. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah. it was just it, like for whatever it played off of, like it almost like now thinking about it and talking about it now, it almost plays off as comedy to me of just mm-hmm. like uh, the comedy of the gods. As they yeah. say in wrestling, heels lie. They always lie. Heels lie. Yeah. <laughs> they always yeah. lie, man. As uh, Austin once said, DTA. That's exactly yeah, don't trust anybody. So, we get Mark and Steven well, first we get Mark in the field of reeds, uh, mm-hmm. se- seemingly with a chance at peace, with his soul having a chance to rest. But he says no. He wants to go back. He wants to go back and get his pal Stephen, and he he does so. Someone explain to me how any of that worked. Like it, like he they both turn to stone, and back. then the beam, yeah. and then the beam comes in. And they're just like we're all I good. I thought what it was. I th- what I thought it was mm-hmm. was. And this is me just doing post hoc because I want to make sure. Sense yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Was that he put the heart in between him and Steven's hand, and uh, that like made it full. And that was right, and they were okay. in front of there. The door was the door back to the back to life. Right. And so yeah. I'm not really sure what the mechanism was. They were kind of unclear about it in episode five, but they did suggest that there was a way that they could go back to the world. Um, and it, it wasn't. Really there clear. was a leaning again there where just like none of the rules matter or whatever was written in stone as like, this is how it works. Like doesn't seem to work that way. I also think that they didn't really expressly say any of the rules in episode five. Cause like I said, they, they, there was the thing that I I I agree with Nothing was set forward, but I think it was like such a loose thing. Like, exactly. It it was like, you were essentially finding out the rules as they were going along. But as, as quickly as you found out the rules, you found out like the rules didn't really matter. Yeah. You found out loopholes. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the bit where they come back in, I think that it must be some type of thing where the soul is like incomplete or maybe Osiris was being, I, I, who knows? I I wish that we had that just because I, I think that generally speaking, when you're doing a show like Moon Knight, where people already have to be invested enough to watch a Mm -hmm. sixth rate Marvel character, you don't really have to worry about the same things about not overexposed doing exposition because it's like it's fucking Moon Knight. Like people actually, it sure, doesn't sure, matter. Sure. Yeah, the, but I would say like for the way they deeply explored so many things prior to it, it mm-hmm. that's I think where uh, again it's very Marvel. Like let's just get him there. Like right. I don't know how does he go back? To, how does he get back to the real world? A fucking beam of light. Like just get him <laughs> to the other side. Uh, hold hands and we'll like you know traipse through and uh, and like it, 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 it was it was very clean I'm not complaining I'm not like mad about it but like it was very clean I think the only question I would ask and I feel like it kind of goes back to episode 5 a little bit is so if you're doing the whole two hearts together thing then what does that mean for the third guy what's that about I and that's that's the only part where and like like you Jerome I'm like I'm not complaining not complaining but I'm just like huh what is that what does that mean I'm not sure yeah. so that's that's yeah. kind of where I am with it but so Mark and Steven get back and oh, and immediately- I just started looking up the lyrics to Two Hearts by like Genesis just to mm-hmm. see if like I get like a better understanding. Yep, yep, yep. So um, Two Hearts believing in just one mind. So yeah, I think that yep, brings yep. them along. Yeah. Uh, being together until the end of time. You know, there we're two hearts believing in just one mind together until the end of time. Yeah, I think there's something in that. I think that uh, that might actually have solved most of what was going on in the finale. At that I point. mean, I think at the very least they should have given Phil Collins a co-producer credit. I think you need to play that song to close out this episode. No, I actually think the, the, the song they played, I think, was pretty good. But anyway. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, to close out our episode. Oh, I, sure. Yeah, I'll make that Thank happen. you. Thank you. Oh, oh, why not? Why not? And so, yeah, so once Mark and Steven get back, it's battle time. Like, we don't, we waste no time. We got uh, <laughs> we got Tarouette uh, being, uh, what you call it, Layla being the avatar. How am I going to get there? Caught you. Don't you know? I can fucking fly. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> That's what I said. It's so funny because when the episode started, I saw 43 minutes and I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. How We're going to get there quick. We're going to get there quick and not like 15 minutes in. We we already get straight to straight to the mm-hmm. uh, business at hand. So this is where I felt 
you know, in terms of, hey, the people talking about the action part, I would think that those people would be satisfied with because I, I felt like it, I had fun with it. I had fun with the Moon Knight and the, the back and forth between Moon Knight and Mr. Knight. And that was cool. Uh, Scarlet Scarab, Layla's character. That was yeah. fun. Uh, drone. Yeah. Wait, that's drone. the name of the character. That's what. That's what we're called. That's the name. Scarlet. Yeah, that's the, that's the name. An interview that uh, that that uh, May did with uh, Marvel.com. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. That's a nice name. I mean, there's already a Scarlet someone, but you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, but J- Jerome, you you look like you have some thoughts on this. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they still wanted to hide the one final Jake Lockley key kept us from full action. I would agree with that. That was my one contention with the action. I will say I enjoyed the action, but you already sold me on the Jake stuff in episode one. I would argue that episode one, the car chase, that was Jake. Episode three, that was Jake two. Episode six, give us Jake. Give us the fight. Give us the brutalized Jake. Yeah. Yeah, even if even if we don't see it from Jake's Jake's perspective. Because, like, I can understand them wanting to, like, hide that it's a different person. Like, hide the actual person. Like, if they even have it from, right. like, Layla seeing it and being horrified. I was going to say, like, like, this is the first opportunity that we actually have a character we know in the series that is witness to it. Mm-hmm. And even that, like, it was just, like, Layla being like, who was that? And, like, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's Wait. fucking, like, maybe because, uh, like I'm getting annoyed that the fictional characters in the show don't listen to our bit on the pod. Where I'm just like, just reveal the damn thing. Um, but uh, like, I, I would say because arguably, like the Jake stuff is going to be the most action-packed part. Yes. Yeah, and I felt like um, they were holding that back. Yeah, go ahead. The thing, yes. the thing I did appreciate about the fight with Harrow was that it avoided a thing that so many Marvel properties do where they set their fights in uh, wastelands and when I yep. saw that it was out in the desert I was afraid it was just going to be CGI I think they're just even if the fight even if the fight elements themselves are very CGI I think just having a tangible real background inherently makes it better like as much as I love the ending I will say it still fight, lacked a um an establishment of stakes, which I think is a major problem in general. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah, I think they didn't know what to do with that. But I thought right. that like it felt a lot more tangible. And I think it also just, even though the stakes were not clear, I think you always raise the stakes when when there are lives that can be lost because you're in yep. a metropolitan area that always helps. I think I didn't like, and this is a problem I have across superhero movies generally, is the bit where they're flying from the pyramid to the middle of the city, the middle of Cairo. I think... I, I forget where I first heard it, but a uh, thing about CGI filmmaking where you, when you do CGI, you should want to put the camera, even if it's a completely fake shot, you should want to put the camera in a place a camera actually should could be so it feels real. Yeah. And the mm. way that they do like the tracking shots where it's like flying along with the characters, it just feels like nothing. It feels like nothing's happening because you're like, well, this camera's fake. Like the thing, some of the best CGI I think is if you if you show them flying, but you show from like a perspective on top of a roof panning across, so that you feel a place. When you follow them in like a completely fake shot too, when it's fake characters yeah. in a fake shot, it just makes, yeah. it feels untethered from any sort of reality. I, I guess my only pushback to that is, uh, especially like when you're thinking about things like the Matrix and just like other live action things that get inspired by like animated yeah. um, material. Like then it does pull away from like the realism of just like those particular types of camera shots and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think there, I actually think there is a space for it, but I do understand in terms of like the suspension of reality at that. Yeah, point. I, you know, I think I take the back. I think you're right that there is a space for it, but if it's unmotivated, it just feels like if it's the Matrix. Obviously, is incredibly mo- a motivated way to do it because it's a yes. hyper real world, and I feel like when it's done, when it's done with no reason when it's done just kind of to be simpler i think it just kind of takes you out of it also because you're like what are they doing there's grappling in the middle of the air like there's just yeah, i don't know it kind of felt like a yeah. minute mm-hmm. that i didn't need yep yeah i'd say also for me and to kind of go back to the whole kaiju fight stuff it, you know what it reminded right. me of um it reminded me of the marvel ultimate alliance game i think there's Oh yeah, on the switch yeah, yeah. where there's like a boss level where Ant Man is fighting a uh, big old Ultron, and it's like in the okay. background while you're fighting all the little Ultrons on the ground. So it was one of those one of those deals where, yeah. I, well, you know the other fine. thing that like yeah. makes it like kind of 
difficult about this, and I think, again, you guys touched on it last episode, is just in the physical world, where do these gods exist relative to it? Right. Like, because even as that's happening, we as a viewer are viewing it, but, like, if I'm, if I'm, a, like, just a citizen or, like, a person in Egypt, like, do I see that going on? Like, I don't think so, right. but I'm not sure. Like, a, I, I, and, and so, like, I, and I think that's kind of, like, one of those things where, again, it's, it's kind of, it's just tough to really ground it in terms of, like, yeah, you're going to see damage to the pyramids. Yeah, you're going to see, like, potentially collateral damage to anyone around there. Um, but, like, again, kind of lost in the sauce of terms of, like, you know, and maybe this is kind of connected to, like, some of Jake's comments there. It's just, like, you don't have a grounded sense of, like, what point of view we're seeing this from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that part that part is fair. It is because it's, like, you have the... Because we know Kanshu can't be seen earlier and we have the jackals that were 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 taking place in the first two episodes that aren't seen by anybody uh via the naked eye so how would that go over especially when these two gods are kind of like and you see pyramids getting smashed and other things mm -hmm, getting mm -hmm. smashed during the city fight and stuff like that so that part that part i get and yeah so after the after the fight it happens and that's where like i said the jake stuff I feel like we're all in agreement there as far as because you don't get that, you don't see how Harrow goes down. So then Harrow feels unceremoniously defeated. There's a like, lot of like it happens in those. It also happens when Harrow attacks like the Avatar gods. It just cuts away and yes. you go back and it's like, well, that was easy. Like, <laughs> like just it's like we ain't uh, trying to do we ain't trying to do like real fight choreography in this. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, like, I'm not. I, I I'm curious to, and because I haven't reviewed his filmography, I'm curious what Muhammad Diab's background is with action and stuff like that. Because obviously, a lot of Marvel people aren't uh, don't have a massive background. But I think that that I think that was something that they were definitely trying to kind of cut around. Um, and I I do think that it's in those specific two instances, it definitely is worse for it. Yeah, yes. I, I would say, like, and especially when it comes to action in general, comic book movies in general, uh, and I I think we're kind of talking around it. Like, this this really was missing, like, set pieces. I would agree. And just, like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, as we get kind of towards the end of this all, so, basically, Harrow is then taken to be killed conscious like hey deliver the vengeance this is what we do this is how we roll and mark is like no no not this time i'm, I'm not gonna do this and please release us Conchu relents wink wink uh <laughs> and and the moon knight suit disappears and everything seems to be fine and everything seems to be cool and mark and steven go back to living a life on you know back in back at where was it london or where were they at london? jolly yeah. old london jolly yeah. old london so yeah, that's that's where we end our our main stuff which was and he's yeah. still restrained which is like if you are no longer you know possessed by a god why do you need to restrain yourself at that point yeah i think like, it's, a, it's a great question and and yeah. again it's like it feels like we got there and I don't even feel like we got a real conversation. And that's the one thing. Character-wise, I think Layla, Mark, and Steven all got their stuff. But I didn't feel like, besides like the brief moment that they interacted, that Mark, uh, Steven, and Layla had like a moment of no conversation that there followed through yeah. on the stuff that we talked about in episode four with the love triangle and all that other stuff. That part, I would have liked to see something there. Something, you yeah. know, something to at least further that along or tease something a little bit. So we didn't get that either. So then, yeah, once that once that happens, we're, you know, we're we're back at the at the loft and that's the end of the episode. It happened very it happened so quickly. It really felt like it flew. It flew. They yeah. were at a breakneck pace. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I I saw it and I was like, they're going to cut the credits, aren't they? Like yeah. they're gonna cut the credits right now, and like, and if anything, if there was ever like, I know it's Marvel, so it's always to be expected. If there was ever a thing that was so obviously like 
there's something coming up soon in a couple of seconds that will be like a post credit scene. Like that was it because nobody yeah. could conceive that as an ending. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Because there was like, I think, nine minutes left on the runtime when they went to credits. So I was like, okay, we're going to get something. So then after all the credits play, we go to a hospital where we see Harrow. And then Harrow eventually gets gets wheeled out by a man in a in a in an interesting looking hat, a hat that somebody like me would wear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that somebody like the, me. all this time because of the namesake, we thought it was Jake. It's actually AC yeah. that is the Lockley <laughs> mm-hmm. of the group. Yes, yeah, so there's there's like the fi- the mercenary personality, like the bookish personality, and the wash personality. I, I think <laughs> I think we finally have established the point now that we know on hat alone. So. I'm guessing I'm the Mark. That makes Jake the Steven. And AC, believe it or not, is our Jake Lockley. Yeah, honestly, I don't think that we could have predicted this. But based on the hat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what else are we going to do? Our hands are tied. It's a hat. Spell, you can't spell Jake Lockley without A and C. No, so, that's like, true. It, it clearly, clearly, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so we get so so that part. Also, happens. yeah, yes, I, yes. We should note in the order of characters revealed, Jake Lockley the third. Wow. Incredible. Incredible point. Wow. Incredible point. Unbelievable. Wow. That's that is synergy right there. That mm-hmm. is tremendous. So yes, Harrow gets a uh, wheeled out and so I I remember bringing up last week uh, about like oh, you know, villains on in Marvel tend to, you know, get knocked off pretty quickly and unceremoniously. So we get Harrow into uh, a very a very nice nice car. Very nice uh, limo mm-hmm. with the Spectre uh, license plate. And Conchu in his Met Gala <laughs> finest uh, sitting, mm-hmm. the, sitting in the back in the back seat uh, talking to Harrow. Harrow, <laughs> Harrow seems Harrow seems pretty cool at the at the moment. But what we end up getting is our guy. Also Harrow that should still be possessed by Amit, right? Yes, presumably that's thing. why he's in the hospital. No, he wouldn't, right, be, right, right. because that's that's why he Jake has to kill him. Because if he yeah, kills yeah. the person who's possessed, then the god Correct. would die. Right, exactly. So, so them, so we get Conchu talking to talking to now Jake Jake Lockley, who we see with the hat as he turns back, and Harold gets shot dead, and what you call it, seemingly. Moon Knight continues to go on. It's just that Jake Lockley is is the one in control. How did mm. we feel about this scene? How do we feel about where this could go? Jerome, I'll start. Uh, yeah. It could use more Def Leppard, I would say, to close <laughs> it out. I think yeah. that that's its start point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand the cap is a good uh way of like indicating like the third character but i would i thought like something that would be more appropriate based on our breakdown of the character is the t-shirt that says like either like fbi like female booby expector or mm-hmm. like the man the legend something to that effect well, um, i'm thinking like a, a tap out you remember that like the UFC? Tap out? yeah 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 mm-hmm. one thing that was that was very or no, no, you notice know, a specific shirt that a lot of kids i knew in like middle school would wear that was it was a sponsored by the marines and it said pain is weakness leaving the body that's the shirt that Jake yeah wears. yeah uh i would say regardless whatever v is in that t it's not deep enough yeah it's great what, too what's going on there yeah. Um, he he was dressed like uh, he was dressed like one of the nineteen twenties crooks who go like mm. I, I got I got you in my sight see I got you in my sight yeah it's 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 weird because the last time Jake Lockley was in action he was going after Dick Tracy and so <laughs> wait what about um, when he was trying to hang Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, like uh, <laughs> on a somewhat serious note. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I think because we've been like talking it up this whole time, and maybe we, at least for me personally, I might have ruined it with the bit alone. Yeah, yeah uh, it was sure. very anticlimactic. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just he he showed up and uh, he looked more menacing, and he was a man of action, and it had none of the flair that I really wanted out of my Jake Lockley. Like again, if you if you name it Jake Lock, I wouldn't go like you know steely eyed assassin like does like takes no prisoners i 
would have taken like broy douchebag that um hmm. is in it for a larf and he also spoke uh, in spanish Jake, too which was like he okay. spoke in spanish too yeah, yeah 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 but like you know like not in the way that i think like jake lockley would like order like el nachos grande or something like that uh, like it was like yeah. a legitimate and he calls any woman who looks vaguely Sp- hispanic senorita yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh chica chica you know oh, right oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah without yeah. question um yeah. But like, yeah, uh, you know, he, he he was lacking a big poppy vibe is yes. what I would say. You know, I, The thing I tried to think about is if I had not heard anything about, if I had obviously seen like, obviously there were clues that there's a third personality in the episodes, but mm-hmm. if I had not had a name to think about it, I do think that the end would be really cool and like, oh shit, there's a third personality. Honestly, I, I <laughs> right, think that right, like... Right. That because the problem ultimately is that the big reveal of the post credits is something that we kind of knew because we've been talking about it. Yes. Yes. Where so like the question AC is asking is like how do they execute it? Where like the point of it is not that the scene. The point of it is to reveal that thing. You know, the, the, right. the, the, as a reveal to people who don't know, it was fine. It really it was, good. It was good. I, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask my because my older brother has been watching it and he doesn't know anything about anything. Um, and I'm going to, I'm curious to see how he feels about it. I'm sure he'll be uh, not blown away, but like really interested by it. Cause I think that the wrinkle of not just that there's third personality, but that third personality is still under conscious spell is, is, I think that also is really cool. I would say more in active partnership. Right. Yes. Active partnership. I think that that's a good way to go about it because it allows Mark to still be involved with Moon Knight while having resolution for his storyline with Kanchu in the context of the show. That like sure. it's not like if if Mark had like lost the Moon Knight powers at the end of the show, everyone would be like, "How would they ever do a new Moon Knight thing?" Now <laughs> that answer is really obvious. Yes. yes. Um, I I will just like interject here just to lead back to you, AC. Sure. I think there are like three ways that we're looking at it, uh, Jake talked about two of them so one is obviously the one who knows nothing about it and how it goes as reveal and like that's great um there's one who knows about a jake lockley but doesn't know what jake lockley is and does make their own silly bit about it and i would Mm -hmm. say anticlimactic on that front (laughs) but the one that is interesting to me and that's why you're our guy on this show like you know about jake lockley is this the comic book Jake Lockley, like even in small doses that you came to expect uh, be revealed. I say, I would say for the most part, I think as we alluded to earlier, what I would have liked to see is that brutal Jake in real fashion that I wanted to see that I think would have been, it would have been great to establish for now what we get is kind of more of a mysterious version of this person. And I think for, and I think it does work for the uninitiated. I think it does work. I think for people like me, yeah, it leaves you wanting a little bit more. I, th- I found something interesting because it was kind of leading to my, my next question. The, before the finale came out, they released like the mini trailer and then they said series finale. And then, like an hour later, it got taken down, and then it got put back up, season finale. So, Mm. it makes me wonder, I don't know, because of Oscar Isaac's commitment and how that basically goes from project to project, what what would you guys prefer? Would you prefer another season of this? Or would you prefer this going to a Moon Knight movie? Or do you want to send them into team-ups? Because before you guys answer, I feel like I would be interested in a season two of this with Jake kind of, kind of driving driving the uh, the, the personalities for the time being and seeing where that goes. Because Kanchu is a Kanchu is kind of like a complicated complicated character in that sense where it's not a hero, not necessarily a villain, but it's just somewhere like really nebulous in between. So I think you can do some stuff with that with the three personalities in Kanchu. But I, I like I would like to know what you guys think. And Jerome, since you were talking earlier, sure. you could go. Yeah. Um I would just say logistically it has to be a season. Um yeah. for what we were what we're going through in terms of, you know, Disney Plus series, almost every other 
character has previously existed in movies. Yeah. And it's much easier, in my opinion, to go from like a movie storytelling pace to a longer, deeper TV season t- storytelling pace instead of like going from TV to movie. Um, and then beyond that, I would say, yeah, like for the way Moon Knight has been put together, like, and what they're presenting here in this third personality, it's just not something that, um, A, because Moon Knight is not like a strong enough character or at least established enough character kind of to like move to movies and B, just, yeah, like it will just feel rushed at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. and the Jake Lockley event is not like a, whoa, let's now like. Yeah. bring this to the to film so I would agree. um to enter in full uh season there and then uh and then so it's like i think what you do is you do a season and for whatever amount of episodes in the season the first half is going through the jake lockley uh bit and setting up the uh like whatever the conflict is there and start toward resolving it and then resolve it in the second half while then introducing the potential for team ups and i think that's where you're going I yeah, like I, I think that too. that's I think that that's really smart. The thing I would say is if they're gonna if they're gonna do another season, I think that they still do need to su- start with centering it with Mark, because I yep. understand from a comic book perspective wanting to have it be with Jake for a bit, but it's one of those things. This thing where like I think the difference between reality, like something that you see with real people and something in like page, that I don't think that audiences would want to be with a guy who's a cold-blooded murderer for a while, like especially mm-hmm. because we already know Mark and Steven. And so, like, I think that it's the... essentially a messier version of what we just came through than the season, where exactly it's now Mark and Steven trying to combat with the idea of like they think their life is in order and yeah. they think they have everything together. Yeah, but now like they're presenting this third chaotic version. Like it's yeah. essentially like. The way Steven gets introduced to Mark, now it's Mark and Steven getting introduced to Exactly. Jake. And I think that yeah. having him and Conchu, by extension, be like the adversary is, I think, a very interesting thing to do. Um, and I think that you almost could even do something where you have another sort of side adversary and you use that to introduce him into stuff. I think that ultimately, like... Well, I think he, I think that's how it goes, right? Like, yeah. Because now we have a thing where essentially Moon Knight probably is the villain because of Jake Lockley. And that's where you get the tie-in of like whatever character it is that you want to bring in from the MCU to Mm. kind of stop like this vigilante justice. Like if you're thinking like Daredevil and Punisher. I was just thinking of that. Good call. (laughs) So you got like Jake Lockley as the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Lockley definitely owns a lot of Punisher tees. Uh, exactly. Jake Lockley and the pun- as the Punisher, and it's the Daredevil, whoever that is, coming in to take care of that. Because I don't think you, yeah. I, I I don't know where they want to go with this. Um, I would say the weakest part of the show is like the God integration, correct? And I don't know if you want to go back in that realm. Um, but obviously, like they ha- they can't just like disconnect it entirely. Yeah. Uh, so it is interesting to see like where they go from there, and then of course there's the Layla element and how that mm-hmm. you know factors in. Right. Yeah. How should yeah? If they're gonna do a season two, yeah, you want to make her um a big part of it as well. I thought I thought that she was absolutely tremendous. And in... can we do a couple minutes on how delightful she was as mm-hmm. the Avatar for Tarawet? Like yeah, it's let's just. Do it. Yeah, let's do it. Just joyful, joyful and cool looking. And I know it was like on the nose for like that moment of like, are you an Egyptian superhero? But I'm just like, you know what? That's not for me. That's for kids. And I love that. Also, I think the important thing with that moment is it's not the girl asking you an Egyptian superhero. It's Layla answering yes, despite the fact that the answer is actually no. That it's a mm. temporary agreement. And like, I guess what I'm saying is she would never conceive of herself as a superhero. No. So she is answering for the girl. And I think that that's the reason why, for me, it didn't feel super mm-hmm. cheesy. Because it didn't feel like she was like, yeah, I am an Egyptian superhero. It's like, no, no she's no, no, lying. No, sure. no, no, I know no, you're right. not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's why it didn't feel as dumb as some of the other things like that the mcu has tried to do uh, yeah i would say yeah like uh i think i think it is a cute moment i just think like the fact it's more the conceit that you have to create the moment that feels like for sure it. yeah yeah i think that i think that's fair i think throughout she was great i thought her inclusion in episode two where we see her for the first time and the way that she challenges both steven and mark throughout the show is great 
I think the story with with her father was touched very well in episode three. I thought that they did a very good job with her character overall, and it makes me want to see more of her. So I was very happy with I was very happy with the way that she was portrayed, and it's a great performance. I I, I, I would say when you bring her back in season two, like obviously she is so deeply connected with Mark and Steven, but like whatever way we can figure out to let her live independently of would be good. Cause I think like a lot of what she serves in this season is like kind of the point, like the viewer point of view of like yeah. both of them and the experience with them. Um, and, like she definitely was given a lot herself to work with, but definitely like, a character in service of the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I would I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess before we close, I I, I did oh, I just had a th- I had a question for you AC that was yeah, brought go up ahead. on Discord. Yes. I think that this is I, my instinctual intro would be yes, but like uh Suara on the Discord asked, do you think that like they did with the Batman series with Harley Quinn that Layla would become a comic book character afterwards um because of how her performance in the show? Because I would think almost certainly, since I guess the it, it doesn't feel like the love interest of Mark Spector is like a particularly super drawn character in the comics to begin with. So um, I'm I curious could, what you think I, about that. I could definitely see it. I, w- I would actually not be surprised considering the popularity that she's already gotten mm-hmm. through these through these six episodes. That I, I could see it. It, it could definitely happen. I, it wouldn't be yeah. the it wouldn't be the first time, and it wouldn't be the last. And I wouldn't be shocked if it happened soon because I think. With the people who really liked Moon Knight, I think there's been more, more interest in going into those comic book runs that yep. I found with people that I've talked to. So I, I could I could definitely see something like that happen for sure. And it, it, I mean, and I'm excited to see it back. I had to say on the Discord there was some Mark Jackson respectfully. Yes. Um, that meme. Um, but I think that May Kal- Kalamawi, I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. It's really the. Uh, May Kalamoe, I think it is. She is a star, and I hope that she does a ton of shit beyond this. Um, She's great. And and I think that that's like that's really the thing that I think you need mm-hmm. in these characters because um, I think that Jerome is right in the actual writing of it. She is mostly in service of Mark, but yeah. she doesn't feel like a character that's mostly in service of another character because you can tell that she has the entire full character in her mind if she's playing it. And that's why like it doesn't feel problematic in like the oh just the side female character. Like she even though yeah, the, more, she's... more from like a plot perspective exactly. you need to give her more, but like yeah. in terms of fully realized character there is more depth to her than just like love interest. And I think the reason you'd want to see more is cuz if Mark Spector didn't exist Layla would still be going on cool last missions. You know what I mean? Like she would be up yeah. to her own cool stuff. And, and the it's key not part like... too, like, is like she is on par, if not more qualified to be yes. Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so before we get into closing thoughts, I just wanted to say, like, as far as where we could see this Moon Knight, because I thought you both you guys brought up some interesting points as far as like where the story could go. I think eventually with the MCU and I said this last week, but I think it's a good point to reiterate. Moon Knight kind of has a has an open path anywhere. It could go supernatural. He could go street level. You can go either way. Now I'm keeping an eye on that werewolf special later this later this year because it seems like you're starting to hear like they're rounding up a bunch of different characters to put in it. So including that one's werewolf bar mitzvah. That's what it was called. Uh, spooky, scary boys becoming men. Men becoming becoming moon knights. Uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Yes, that that same werewolf by night, by the evening, by the moon. So it it makes me wonder if if Midnight Suns is on the horizon. We'll see what happens with the the eventual inclusion of Blade. So we have we he has have some... a he has a street level Hulk wild card vibe to him, especially because like the other thing I I do want to see obviously the Jake Lockley stuff be addressed, but I don't want to come out of that season with that being resolved. Like I I always want like the potential of loose cannon Jake Lockley to be present throughout. Yeah, I would I would happen to agree with that. I think I mean that's kind of like what makes Moon Knight. Moon Knight and why people enjoy that character in the books because he just be saying random stuff and 
and things. <laughs> right. So like it just whatever whatever comes to mind from Jake or even Mark to a degree will uh will be something that's interesting. But in in closing, in totality for this series, what did, what did you guys think of it overall? Uh, Jerome, I'll start with you. What did you think of it overall? It was fine. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was entertaining enough. Um, I still keep it on par, like with Hawkeye, where it's you know, it, it was it it was a fun enough watch to keep me going through the week. I wouldn't say that it was appointment viewing for me necessarily, mm-hmm. and like. Adding again the context that we did see the first four episodes off the bat, but uh, even like when I came out of it, I wasn't necessarily like, gotta get to five, gotta get to the finale. And that's not a knock on it. I think that's just a matter of like where we're headed Disney and Marvel wise. And I think, you know, uh, again, shout out Maze for kind of pointing this out. If we're going in all these directions at some point, like, uh, like I'm curious from the context of like us and what we do as mm-hmm. a pod, but also as like viewers alone, are you going to start picking pockets where you just want to live in there and just like view that and go into those spaces? Or are you going to be locked in the way we were during the Infinity Saga and it's just like everything matters. We got to watch all the things. We got to consume everything to like get the full experience and i think the former is probably where we're leading to um and mm-hmm. yeah it would just be interesting to see where it all goes because like uh even like howard bryant uh member of the pod uh he is really just like um he, he was talking about how like moon knight was not something that he he traditionally like he normally went into like that right. just wasn't his world that's not what he cared about and like yes marvel is putting out good content to make us start caring and like have all that behind it but i think there is gonna be a saturation point where it's like even if you put the best stuff behind it like it's not going to generate like the full interest and i think that's the point of disney plus no and i yeah i think that they're accounting for that and the thing too is though i would say that there definitely are going to be tons of people probably majority who are picking their spots but i think a thing that will surprise a lot of old media consumers who don't really understand this whole thing is I think there's still going to be a substantial amount of people who consume everything. Cause I think that that sure. is a thing that I, I guess, I yeah. guess the caveat to add there is when like we do it yeah. immediately because oh, no, for sure. I, it, exactly. I think that I think a thing that people who are consistently surprised by the popularity of these small characters don't understand is that the t- most of the people who love these movies are people in their late teens and early twenties who and who don't have a lot of responsibilities who are like it never time is not really a thing you have to worry about when it comes to consuming content. And I think mm-hmm. with the way that so much of our lives now are structured around consuming content, if you are if you're someone who is not really interested in consuming any content outside of Marvel stuff, you will always definitely have even if Marvel gets super saturated, there's only gonna be like one show on at a time, it's not gonna be a problem. If you want to have like a good media diet, obviously it could become a problem. But I yeah. think that there are a lot of people who are just kind of like, I just watch the big stuff, and so I, you know, I'm not, I don't, it's not gonna be a huge problem. And so I think that, I think they're not worried about it. I think a lot of people are concerned trolling, like, it is gonna be oversaturated. People aren't gonna wanna watch all the stuff. I don't think that There's Kevin There's absolutely Feige no thinks, concern on that front. No. I, I, he's like, oh, wait, cool. So if our audience splits in half and half the people watch the street level stuff and half the people watch the cosmic stuff, so you mean to tell me that uh, 150 million people watch each of them? That's nice. <laughs> like, no, no, for sure. And yeah, none of like what I said is like a concern in any way. No. I think. Um, I think ultimately, like what what I always gather when I talk to friends about it, because they know like we I I do this pod and I talk about it, is they wait for it to end and they ask me, is it worth yeah. watching? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think and that that's become more and more prevalent. Whereas like, you know, when Wanda first came out and add in the fact first series back, first thing out here, like people were like, no, we're gonna get it. And yeah, it's it's just the idea, like the level of production on it, like makes it feel like it's appointment viewing. And a lot of the mm-hmm. early stuff was. I don't think we're there anymore. No. Uh, yeah, I think I think from a TV standpoint, I would say that is fair. Definitely, when we talk about Wandavision and Loki, I think those two kind of stand out from the rest as far as a production value standpoint. But I mean, we'll see how that goes. I, I think there's. We'll see how these movies go. We'll see as 
Feige continues to map out the next 10 years of Marvel mm-hmm. in, uh, in the retreat and, yep, and figure out what lodge. to <laughs> with all of these new comic book characters that, that he's, he's clear to bring in, it'll be interesting to watch unfold. Um, I do want to say as far as this series is concerned, I think for me, from a personal standpoint, I love the psychological stuff. And I thought that the the beginning of this show really dove into that in a way that I enjoyed a lot. And episode five kind of hit that point home for me again, where you get all of the the trauma related stuff and you kind of understand why Mark is who he is and how he got to this point. I think that that's important. And again, when do you see yourself going back to watch it? Um, I would say in about a month or so, I want to say in a month or so, if I have time, I'm going to binge. That would, and be- are you, are you, are you there to re-experience it or are you there to look for something like else in there? Well, if for me, I want to see what it looks like as a binge because I felt like WandaVision when I watched it mm-hmm. is one of those things where when I went back to rewatch it, it still hit the same for me from a, from a, just an emotional standpoint and how it resonated with me. And Loki, I rewatched it and it kind of had the same thing. I, I just love the talky exposition stuff in Loki so that continued there I'm curious to see how this hits for me you know watching it all at once because I'm probably going to just take like a day or two and just watch all six and see how that see how that lands for me but yeah it's interesting you mentioned like the Loki comparison because I would say Loki definitely like makes a point of asking like really big questions and you Mm -hmm. don't necessarily get that here no Mm -hmm. it's small it's smaller scale and and oh I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because I think you know, just to kind of close out for my Moon Knight thoughts, I think it was really refreshing to have this thing be its own thing. I think it was a it was a big part of my enjoyment for this. I didn't feel like I needed to go after every Easter egg and go after every <laughs> single thing like uh, as a and I've calmed down on that generally, but. I feel like more so with this We did show, deep dive on the... Like, I would say, arguably, we did our deepest dive into the Easter egg, which was Jake Lockley. <laughs> yep. Yes. We did... We, it's Jerome and I did the Easter egg segment this time, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all brought it home. <laughs> yeah, you hold on to your beer for this uh, series, buddy. <laughs> Keystone Light, baby, because Jake Lockley provided the cans. <laughs> I love you guys. But, but yeah, like, I really just in... I really just loved these characters in a way that was really cool. I wasn't expecting to feel this way about Mark and Steven, particularly Steven. I think Steven is the yep. people's champ. He's definitely the people's sure. champ. And that's the him- triumph of the show. The yes. triumph of yeah. the show is that Steven is not annoying. And in fact, incredibly endearing and more so than Mark, because the mm-hmm. character that is, he is the obstacle to the plot happening. And you like him a lot more than the person who's trying to make the plot happen. And that's, yeah. that is the triumph of the show. I think. Although I will be like a bit of a Mark apologist in terms of just like, I think he, at least like in terms of like listening last episode and listening a little bit here, I think he does deserve more credit though. His methods are not sound. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. being yeah. like the real protector here, like he yes, is the designated driver of this whole thing, which yes. is kind of a thankless job. I, I, no, I, I think from a, I'm just saying that from an audience standpoint, but like you know, from a pure charm standpoint, like and, yeah, and no from question. a watching standpoint, nine times out of ten, people are like, "Oh my god, I hate this Stephen character with his dumb accent." That's I think right, that that's right, the, right, exactly, right, yeah. And Jake, quickly, any final thoughts you have? Or uh, no, I think I've left it all on the floor. Honestly, okay. I try all to right. make something up, but. No, that is that is great. That is great. And yeah, so guys, the next time that this podcast will be on, we will be I can't ta- believe it. We are finally here as of recording tomorrow. Myself and Jake at, at separate theaters will be seeing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I got Saturday. Jerome got Saturday. And boy, next week, next week on this pod, we will have multiple episodes on Doctor Strange and like the multiverse. You never know where we will end up, but we will definitely have <laughs> one on this feed on uh, on on Tuesday morning. So um, we're all excited. We're ready to go. It's going to be fun. Can't wait to get all the reaction. So for our folks, Jerome Chang, where can we follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Black Dragon Roll. Yay. And 
Jake Christie. What's up? You can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. This weekend, I am staying up for 24 hours and streaming live the entire time while I watch 10 superhero movies that are chosen by donors. Why am I doing this? I am raising money for Equality Florida, a wonderful LGBTQ rights organization in my beloved home state of Florida. Uh, what you do basically is you donate to them before Friday morning. Uh, and you fill out a form uh, on a doc on my Twitter feed, and you tell me what movie you want to donate for. Some movies that ha- are currently in the top ten are things like uh, the 1994 Fantastic Four, the film Meteor Man, um, things like Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, for example. Those are all. Uh, but any have you re- those. have you figured out in your programming where uh, AC and I are going to be hanging out with you at? Yeah, it's going to be around like uh, six ish, I think six Eastern. Well, but like in terms of movie wise, no, like, because they, it's not okay. finalized yet. Because it's I, not finalized. Because obviously there it. are movies that I am like ninety percent sure are going to make it, but mm-hmm. I don't. It would be kind of I feel bad if I were. You to, can't, it yeah. would be bad to be presumptive. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have ideas of what I'm going to do, um, but yeah, I this that will all be announced on Friday morning. I'm going to be spending Friday. Uh, I really should have probably closed the deadline a little bit before so I'd have more than 24 hours to figure this stuff out. But anyway, mm-hmm. please, guys, please don't even just $5. Uh, it's still going to be a lot of fun. And then on the stream, while we're actually streaming, while I have I have 30-plus guests that I've announced thus far, I think, uh, coming on. Yeah. And we're going to do fun things like donation incentives. Like a couple people, I was like, if, if you raise $50 when X guest is on, they have to FaceTime their mom. You know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and so please tune in, share it with your friends if they're interested in this sort of thing. I'm really excited. We raised $2,000 thus far. I want to get to 2.5K before the stream and 5000 afterwards. Let's make it happen. Thank you for letting me say my piece. Excellent, excellent. You can follow me on Twitter at AnthonyCanton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. Check out the Patreon, MC University Pod, and stay tuned. For Doctor Strange next week, for Jerome Chang and Jake Creasy, this is Anthony Canton the Third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. Strange.